0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to, according to Mark. At that time John said to Jesus, "Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us." Jesus replied, "Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus.
0: When I was a boy growing up uh, in uh, Eastern Massachusetts before we moved down here to Maryland when I was 10, a woman came to uh, our house one day and asked my mom for a donation to support the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The group was also known as the Feeneyites, after their founder, a Jesuit priest named Father Leonard Feeney. They taught that only people who belonged to the visible Catholic Church could be saved. Rome wrote to the Archbishop of Boston saying that that teaching was wrong. Father Feeney refused to recant and was excommunicated. He died in the late 70s, actually reconciled to the church, so at least for him a happier ending. But the church then had listened to Jesus. Whoever is not against us is for us. So I learned that my non-Catholic friends could be saved and that many people of other faiths lived by teachings fundamental to my Catholic faith. I've been reminded reminded of that truth every Christmas at my last parish when members of a Jewish synagogue came to serve the meal at our soup kitchen. Through their Jewish faith, They accepted God's command to feed the hungry, which Jesus also taught. And as one of them said to me, Father, this isn't our holiday, but we're serving the homeless and letting our Christian friends enjoy the day at home with their families at the same time. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will surely not lose his reward. I saw it before my eyes. St. Paul, when he preaching about Jesus in Athens, reminded his pagan hearers that one of their own poets, Aratus, had written of God, we too are his offspring. For God has created all human beings and all matter to him, and he sheds his light and gives his blessing to all, even to those who do not know him. It is better to know him for it is part of our nature to want to know the truth. But sometimes those outside our faith can grasp elements of that truth and even teach us something about our own faith. The Indian leader Gandhi learned from Jesus to use nonviolence as the way to convince British authorities to grant India independence. This is after the Second World War, late 1940s, huh? Jesus had not only taught his followers to turn the other cheek, he actually did it when a temple guard struck him during his interrogation by the high priest. Instead of striking back, Jesus turned to the guard and said, if I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why did you strike me? And Gandhi saw that as a forthright statement of truth to those holding power, while refusing to use their methods of violence. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., a Baptist minister, learned from Gandhi the way of nonviolence in his quest for racial justice in our country. And Archbishop Laurie this year, based his pastoral letter on racism on Dr. King's practice of nonviolence, thus completing the circle from Jesus to Gandhi to King to Baltimore, we learn from others even not of our faith, to remind us of things in our faith, and sometimes we really need those reminders from outside the church. A non-Catholic man, a professor at Harvard University, whom I had prepared for marriage some years ago, uh, brought his wife and children to see me this August just after the past sex abuse and cases and cover rubs have been revealed up north. And he said, I hope people don't forget all the good the Catholic Church does in our country. We both want justice to be done and children to be protected, but neither of us wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater, throw out, throw out the dirty water, but dry off the baby. It's good to have allies who are not formally with us. Uh, I don't, I've read a lot of Mormon theology, don't agree with much of it. But I respect their efforts to foster healthy family life. In my first parish, we tried to emulate the Mormons' family home evening. I think it was still Thursdays. Uh, And we did it with some success. The Vatican doesn't agree with the official persecution of Christians by some governments of mostly Muslim countries, or the tolerance of violence against Christians by others. But it has worked with those governments to stop the United Nations from declaring abortion a basic human right. Some values we hold as followers of Jesus are also held by non-Catholics and non-Christians. God's light has led them to the truth, for they too are his offspring. Did you hear that second reading from St. James? It's the strongest proclamation in the whole New Testament of God's anger at the mistreatment of the poor and the little people. And James warns the powerful and arrogant rich, that God will punish them if they offend the little people. Such offenses continue today in many forms, and we Catholics need allies among other people of goodwill in order to confront them. Pregnant women in difficulty, would you agree that they need some help? I was on the board of directors of a pregnancy center in Gaithersburg, Maryland, for 10 years. It was an unlikely coalition of evangelicals and Catholics, but it worked. I'll be giving the opening prayer at that center's 35th anniversary next month. Catholics and evangelicals are still working together in that area to help women and their families in a society that is really hostile to both. People of goodwill and of other faiths can help us defend the dignity and human rights of immigrants, including those who have entered the country without proper documents or have overstayed their visas. They are, first of all, human beings, often our brothers and sisters in the faith. And that is why we don't ask for proof of legal status in serving them in our parishes or welcoming their participation in church life. There are many facets to the immigration debate, and reasonable people of goodwill may differ on many points. Yet there is strong agreement throughout the country that young children should not be separated from their parents that the dreamers should be allowed to stay in the country in which they've grown up, and that those who have been here for many years under the Temporary Protected Status Program, it started in 1990, and the government has kept extending it, now they want to stop it. But meanwhile, they've married, had children, I know some of them, right? They should be able to stay here. You know who our allies are? The American Civil Liberties Union. And our church is often on opposite end of a debate with them. But in these matters, we find allies. Whoever's not against us, at least in some matters, is for us. In dealing with the child abuse and cover-up scandal in our church, we have allies among non-Catholics of goodwill. A Jewish judge and a Protestant mother and a social worker of undetermined religion uh, sit on the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Independent Review Board for Sexual Abuse Cases. We want to ensure that all young people who are among those little ones who believe in me, as Jesus calls them in the gospel, he calls his simple disciples, little children, that they're kept safe and that bishops put children's welfare first. So we'll accept help from anyone who is committed to those goals. As Moses said, would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. And in this matter, too, God's Spirit is at work. We must hold fast to the truths that Jesus Christ is the Savior of all people and that the fullness of his truth and grace do indeed abide in our Catholic Church, all the while recognizing that his Holy Spirit can lead others not of our faith to embrace elements of truth and be supported by his power. That is a blessing for them and for us, for which we should give thanks.